What's going on and welcome! It is the Ragers Show, powered by Orange Weekly. I am your host, Ray Ragers. Y'all got it figured out. I'm always hanging out with my best friend, Jared. What's going on, Jared? How you doing this week, brother? I'm doing good. Uh, kind of a sad day today, obviously, September 11th. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of a remembrance for today. But uh, other than that, this is the first week of football. We get our first real game of football tomorrow, and I could not be more excited. Gosh, yes. Thanks for thanks for that good reminder. I mean, if you and folks forget, you know, the, the night before September 11th was actually a really big day in Broncos country, as that was the Monday Night Football. Eddie McCaffrey breaks his leg on Monday Night Football, and then certainly uh, uh, the next morning we we get a, a, a day that we will all remember for the rest of our lives, and and <clears throat> a special game, right, with the Broncos going to New York, spending some time in New York. I think the atmosphere is going to be electric. But Jared, as you mentioned. Football's back, baby. Fans are in the stands. Uh, I, I watched Thursday Night Football, man. I was jittery then of, you know, I don't know what, man. I was so excited watching that football game. I'm so excited to be and, back. And, and I know this isn't a Cowboys or Tampa Bay podcast in any way, shape, or form, but what a game. Holy shit. Totally, totally. If what that's a gonna great be our game NFL to season, kick man, off the season. Yeah. yeah. I, I cannot, cannot wait. So, with that being said, if you are new to our show, but you are new or new to Orange Weekly, here's how we do it. We are Orange Weekly, the best Broncos news around. We have live shows. We have podcasts. We have uh, shows. If you want to get to show on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday, you, you name it, you can get your Broncos news each and every day from Orange Weekly. Go over to Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. And then within the Orange Weekly show, we have this show, the Rager Show, where we are going to focus on sports betting. We're going to focus on fantasy football, and we're only going to focus on it through the Broncos lens. So, Jeremy, you ready to kick the show off or what? Let's do this. What, what, do, we, what, what do we? How do we start this off every single time? Beer 30. Hey, you know what time it is. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. Now listen, for y'all that are new to the show, sometimes the show gets produced on Friday night, sometimes the show gets produced on Saturday morning. Currently it's Saturday morning, so that is not a beer 30 hour, that is just a crack up, I have an energy drink here, and by the way, listen, this is a plug, we don't even sponsor by these guys, fine 3D energy drinks, man, it's the best energy drink in the game, it's called 3D, it's so good. That's what I'm drinking, Jared. What you got over there? Some coffee? What you got over there? I'm I'm just drinking the, the good old coffee, man. Black Dunkin' Donuts coffee, man. That's what I've got over here. Hey, country rides on Dunkin', right, or whatever it is. So, like we said, the point of this show is we are going to talk about the sports betting advantages that we can get in the game tomorrow against the New York Giants. But we're going to break it down through sort of a matchup basis. And so, we start, we start every show – we're doing a position group matchup. And so this is where I asked Jared some questions, take his analysis, and we're going to try to get a, 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 a versus 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 a ones versus ones. And we're going to try to figure out where we have the best advantage. And like we always do, Jared, let's start on the outsides. Let's work our way in. And I think this week is really a game of strengths, right? You know, we have, we have the offense. Uh, both offenses have been struggling a little bit. I think I would probably give the slight edge to the Denver Broncos offense as it feels like that the New York Giants offense is totally banged up with, the, with some issues at the tackle position, issues with Saquon Bartley. 
But the defenses are both very, very strong on both sides of the ball. So I'm curious, Jared, on your on your perspective. Let's start on the outside. Wide receivers, the Broncos wide receivers versus the New York Giants uh, defensive backs. Who do you give the advantage to this week? Um, so obviously a little bit of orange and blue goggles here. I love the Broncos wide receivers. My only questioning on this one, and it's going to be tough probably the first couple of games for us, Ray, because – uh, we we really don't know the question with Teddy Bridgewater and as who is he really have that uh, that chemistry with really isn't going to start coming out until the first couple of games. We saw a little bit of preseason action. We saw exactly, you know, kind of how he lo- likes to throw the ball in preseason, but we really won't know in a full game versus number ones versus number twos the, the whole game until the first couple of weeks. But I will say this, the New York Giants in the offseason went out and they got themselves some cornerback help because they were absolutely dog shit throughout the whole last season at the cornerback position. So they went out and got a Dory Jackson, which I think is a great call. Um, I'm looking right now. He is questionable for the season opener. I don't see any reason why. Um, Mild ankle sprain is what I'm reading right now. So I I bet you he'll be out there. Uh, He's questionable, but I bet you he'll be out there. And then um, on the other side, you have James Bradbury. So, you yeah. know, as the, at the cornerback position, they have they have bolstered their cornerback position. I still give the advantage, the slight advantage to the Broncos receivers, completely based on Teddy Bridgewater's play. Yeah, I, I think it's going to we're going to be hard pressed, I think, throughout the year. And again, these are probably the orange and blue goggles to find a situation where we're not going to like our receiver crew against a, a set of, of cornerbacks. But I, I agree with you totally, really. I think it's it comes down to the O line there, and I, I know we're, we're, we'll get to the interior here in a second. But does Teddy Bridgewater have enough time? I mean, they do have some really great interior pressure coming from the New York Giants side of the house. They got some great linebackers that can get around. So let's start to work our way, and let's let's go there. Let's talk about the front seven, our offensive line. Let's take it against the Giants' defensive line linebacker core. Give me a, just a, a sense of a breakdown between those two groups. I mean, the, the the New York Giants front seven is is a great front seven. And and, and there's no <clears throat> ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we're going to be able to run the ball, I'd be a little bit surprised for the most part. Um, but our offensive line is really starting to click. They're really starting to come together. I think Von Miller said the other day, this is the best offensive line he's played against. This is the best offensive line the Broncos have had. Um, you know, with that revolving door at right tackle, Bobby Massey coming in, we're going to see what that works out. You know, uh, we've been hurt before at right tackle, so I'm not I'm not <laughs> yeah, holding my breath too much. But you know, you know, we have a very very good front uh, front offensive line. But this this is a good a good test right off the bat uh, to see, especially specifically in the run game, what we're going to be able to do against a very good uh, defensive front seven of the New York Giants. Yeah, so so let's expand out that offensive line here a little bit, and let's talk about our favorite Bronco to bet on. And I'm doing a little preview here for what's going to happen here today. But let's take Noah Fant. I believe Noah Fant's going to get the lion's share this week. I think Albert O is still sort of kind of working his way back from the ACL. Certainly we'll see a few other tight ends in the mix. What about the coverage game? How about those linebackers, maybe even a safety in there? How do they fare against the uh, the good old Noah Fant, the number one pass receiving yards after the catch tight end in the NFL? I, and you hit it on the head. These are a great front seven for the run defense. I do not think, you know, and we, we said this every week last week, I don't know if they have anybody that could really cover man-on-man 
Uh, Noah fan. And and I do believe, and again, this comes down to Teddy Bridgewater's ability to read the zone, and I think he's got it. He's, he's been in the league for right. long enough to be able to read the zone. Um, the only the only concern I have is that strong safety over the top, and depending on where they play their strength, if they play it to Noah Fant's side, Jabril Peppers is still a very um, a very good strong safety. So that's my that would be my only concern in Jabril Peppers. But I don't see them. I don't see them game planning against Noah Fant. Nobody did last year. I just don't see them using Jabril Peppers as a follower as as a, as a man guy. Yeah, and you you're sort of you've you hit it on head. I, I think the one thing that I'm really nervous about, and this is you know, if you're listening out here right now, my number one betting strategy, and I've been doing this for a lot of years, in week one is to bet on known commodities. That's the best thing you can do in week one. Don't bet on any potential. You got to bet on things that you definitively know about. And I think Jared, you mentioned a couple things here. Number one, we don't really know what Teddy Bridgewater looks like in this offense. I think we have a sense of what it might feel like in this offense, but we don't really know. And number two, and I'm going to get to, this is the point I'm trying to get to here, is I don't really know what's going to happen at the running back position right now. Here is really interesting. If you look at the lines right now in Vegas, they're projecting Melvin Gordon to have over under 47 rushing yards. They're projecting Williams to have over under 39 rushing yards. They're projecting... Um, Gordon to have, I think, over under 12 carries and Williams to have over under nine carries. So let's go into the running back position right now in the unknowns. Jared, do you have a feeling on who's going to get the lion's share at the running back position this week? So it's funny that you say that because I don't. Uh, And, you know, we mention this all the time. We consume so much Bronco content. And I have seen nothing from Fangio that really has hinted at anything other than uh, we have our number one guy and Williams is going to be a good, you know, third down back slash guy that we need to go in, but Gordon's our guy. So seeing those, those carry split at Vegas interests me. And I'm, I'd be interested to see how it goes throughout the season. Um, but I yeah. do think Gordon is Gordon's our guy right now. He's our number one. He's our number two down. Like he's, he's our guy. I think he's going to get the lion's share specifically in week one, unless, you know, the first touch Williams gets, he breaks off for 20 yards. Then maybe then maybe they're going to start riding the hot hand. But right now, Gordon is our number one running back. Yeah, all the reports out of camp is that Gordon is in fabulous shape. So let's let's see what happens here. Um, I also agree. I, I think right now, Gordon, I would give Gordon the slight edge. I think Gordon has something to prove. Contract year, what is it? Maybe seventh year in the league now, or sixth or seventh year in the league now. Um, I think Broncos country is kind of down on Gordon. Uh, the fumble. Uh, cost a couple games. He's got the DUI. He didn't go out of bounds at the end of the year to get his thousand yard rushing. You know, I think feel like a little self-centered, but it sounds like reports out of camp is that Gordon is ready to play. I'll be curious to see. I, I don't imagine the, the rookie getting more than 50% of the share this week. I, I, I would guess the rookie is going to be more in the 25 to 35% range of the share. I think you're right, Jared, maybe a third down back. Um, although we, I don't know what he looks like in blitz pickup quite yet. So, all right, let's play the, uh, the game of, you know, who's going to have more. I want you to rate our, our receivers this week. I, like we mentioned, Gordon and and Williams, let's just start there. You think that Gordon will have more touches? Do you think Gordon will have more rushing yards than Williams this week? More rushing yards for sure. Yeah, I, I do. Just but based on uh, usage, he's, he's going to get probably at least 80, like you said, 80 to 75% of the carries. I, I think he'll have more yards for sure. 
Yep. And if you're out there on fantasy leagues right now, unless you're in a deep fantasy league, I think Gordon is probably an RB3 with a slight upside, and I would stick away from Williams for the time being. If you're in a deep, deep league, I would stash a Williams on your bench if you have some space there because if Williams does start to pop, like people think that they, he might, you know, by about week four or five, he might have some tremendous value there. All right. Let's do the Sutton Judy. Same dynamic there, Jared. Who has more receptions and catches and receiving yards between the Sutton Judy combo this week? I think Judy's going to because I do believe that uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Jerry Judy have a little bit more chemistry than Teddy Bridgewater and, and Cortland Sutton. And that's just purely based on the time that Sutton came back, uh, the little time in preseason he got with him. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy's got the younger kind of uh, quicker feet right now. Uh, based on what I saw, right, I, I, I still see uh, just in that preseason game. <clears throat> I see Cortland a little bit, a step slower still, right? Just based on his injury. Uh, but I do think, I think uh, we're going to really try to get Jerry Judy open in open space. I think that's going to be a game plan. And I think that means that Jerry Judy has more receiving yards. You Vegas, that's where Vegas has it right now by a slightest edge right now is that they have Jerry Judy projected at 50.5. That's the over under for Jerry Judy. Sutton just slightly behind at 48.5 yards this week. Interesting, and, and if you're new to sports betting, you know, uh, particularly here in Colorado in the Colorado market, we may not get every single line that's available, let's say in Vegas or some of those things. Um, but Jared, the question I have for you is who's next? Let's just say Sutton and Judy get theirs, right? They get a three or four reception, maybe five reception game. You know, maybe they look like CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper on Thursday night, and both those guys pop uh-huh. off and make an impact on the game. Who's next on the receiving core? Who has the next highest receiving total this week? Not including Noah Fant, I'd say uh, KJ Hamler. Fant if you want to. KJ Hamler. I'd say, I'd say if, if I were to go in order of who's going to get the most receiving yards, it's going to be Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant are going to be probably right around there, and then uh, KJ Hamler. And and that might and that you know week to week we've noticed week to week that could change. A Hamler could be the one that has the most receiving yards in one play. Right. So it's, it's, that's the, that's the, you know, the top off speed that, that he has. But, um, I'd say probably Hamler there at the third, fourth spot. Cool. Yeah. And I think you're right. You know, Tim Patrick is kind of the unknown here. You know, like I said, we saw a stretch of games last year where Tim Patrick, you know, had a hundred yards a game, I think for three games or something crazy like that in the middle of the season. But KJ Hamler with the slam dunk home run speed, I think that'll be an interesting thing here. All right, Jared, as we jump into the lines. Oh, and by the way, if you're looking at fantasy lineups, I think Sutton, Judy, or Fant, I think all three of those guys are are, are starters this week. Uh, I think that there's going to be some great potential. I think the Broncos get up on the scoreboard a couple times this week. Um, I think all three of those guys have great starting potential. Unless you're sitting with an incredibly deep wide receiver um, you know, draft uh, on your fantasy I would put Sutton and Judy both in the wide receiver two category this week. I think both of them have a little bit of upside. And Noah Fan is a TE2 with with TE1 upside. So I think unless you are stacked in one of those positions, I think all three are viable starters this week. Everybody else on the board, I'd probably hold off. KJ Hamler is probably your flex play. If you have KJ Hamler sitting around and you just need that offensive position filled in or that flex play filled in, KJ Hamler could easily be a two-catch, 80-yard, one-touchdown day. I mean, it's it's he, that's the kind of guy KJ Hamler is there all right jared bridgewater what do you think vegas has his over under passing total at Ooh, uh 280 
Mm, a little higher than Vegas has it. So Vegas has him sitting right now at 249 yards over under. And so this is sort of a, a game that I like to play when we look at these lines. And this is the inside stuff that when you look at the lines, you start to notice some of these sorts of trends. Vegas thinks that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be plus or minus two on average that he's going to throw for 250 yards this weekend, right? So that's that, okay. That's a good, good sign, right? But when we think about Judy is like 50 yards, Sutton is at 48 point yards. And then we'll get to know a fan here in a second, but that's going to be one of my picks this week. He's in the thirties this week for his over under on receiving yards that there is a bit of a discrepancy here, right? If you add up Sutton and you add up fan and you add up, uh, you know, <laughs> Judy's projected yards, we're at like 135 yards receiving, but they also believe that Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw for 250 yards. So I think what we're seeing here is a little bit of a discrepancy that tells us that the receiver yards are a little bit undervalued right now. Though there is some serious value in those yards. Cause again, you know, what, what, what that's saying is that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw for 100 yards to all of his other targets. It's possible, but I think we all agree that between those three main targets, they should get at least 50, if not more, percentage of the yards this week. And so um, that is just something to keep a, an eye out, though, um, that, I, that I thought was quite interesting this week. So with that being said, um, let's get into it. Let's break it down, Jared. The Broncos, three-point favorites on the road. Jared, what is your prediction for the game this week? I, I think we come away with a win, but I do believe this is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people want. I, I, orange and blue goggles, we should beat the dog shit out of these guys, right? Oh, uh, they're, they're without one of their number one receivers. They're without, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley's questionable, but it looks like he should be playing. Um, I'm sorry, by number one receivers, I mean the number one tight end. Evan Ingram's out. Yeah. Ingram, um, yep. Yeah, uh, you know, they have a lot of injuries on defense that, that's kind of tough on them. I, I think we should go out there and roll these guys. However, it's week one with a new yep. quarterback in the new system. Um, you know, the offensive line's looking great. We got Vaughn. Chubb might not be back. It looks like he's still listed as questionable. Uh, I, I think this might be a close game just based on nobody wants to really try to take the top off on week one. So I, I don't know if I'm taking... Uh, the points there, or if I'd try to go uh, money line on this one. Yeah, so so if you look at the spread, minus three points right now, you know, again, field goal game, that's a pretty common um, just, you know difference in the NFL. Right now, if we look at the cash and the ticket handle, basically a 50-50 split. 50% of the tickets are on the Broncos, 50% of the tickets are on the New York Giants. That means that, and we've talked about this a lot, Vegas doesn't give a shit who wins the game, but that means Vegas has got the line right, is that it's sitting at minus three. Listen, I, I'm going to say it, Jared. I know. And listen, if you listen to our show, you know that I very rarely take the Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos minus three. I think the Broncos beat the shit out of the uh, out of the Giants. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos win by double digits this week. Personally, um, uh, the, the the money line, that's where things get a little bit interesting to me. If I'm looking at the Vegas spreads, you know, the money line is at minus 160. So, again, you're paying a little bit of juice there, Jared. There's a little bit more of a handle on the New York Giants or Right now, more money's coming in on the New York Giants side of it. But what that tells me is that's the cash value. If you're going to bet the Giants plus three, you might as well take them as to well win. The so I think what you actually see is a lot of those people who are, would back the Giants at plus three, they're actually just taking the money line, what we're seeing there. But again, I, I think the Broncos win. I think they win outright. I think they handle the game. My guess is it's close. It's a 10-10 type of game going into halftime. And then I think the Broncos blow the top off of it. I think it's a 24-13 type of a game. If you ask me with that, though, the total of the game is 42 points. I'm going to stay away from the total this week. Uh, 
week one. It's hard to say. It's hard to predict. I, I think the Broncos want to score points. We have strength versus strength on the defensive side. I'm going to stay away from the total. Over-unders, let's go through it. Sutton, over-under 48.5. What do you think, Jared? Does Sutton get over 48 yards this week? Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, with the with the questionable quarterback play, unknown quarterback play, I shouldn't say questionable, the unknown quarterback play, uh, I, I think all of these lines are going to be way, way too low. I think he is over. I mean, he, he is one catch, maybe two catches away from that. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to sound like a broken record probably through all yeah. of these lines. Totally. And if, if I, I, I'm a little bit shy on the Sutton line, oh, just slightly, because I don't think Sutton has the sort of the in-between the tackles or, or in-between the, you know, the 20s breakaway speed that Judy has to get the, the yardage. But Sutton's receptions are sitting at 3.5 this week. So if you like Sutton this week, I think my my recommendation, my, my professional gambling advice here would be to, I would take Sutton's receptions at 3.5 this week. I would not take Sutton's 49.5 yards. That's up to you. It's your kind of flavor. But when we take this conversation to Judy, Judy, who's sitting at 50.5 yards, and his reception total is at 4.5, I like Judy's 50.5 yards way more than I like his 4.5 receptions because of that uh, breakaway. He can catch an open space, man. He can take a 20-yard uh, you know, in route and turn it into a 60-yard run. So um, what are your thoughts on my analysis on, on Judy? How do you like that? Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, I do think the game plan going in, and I think the game plan for the season until teams start stopping us is to get the ball to Jerry Judy in open space um, and just let him be Jerry Judy and get, like you said, get those extra 15 yards after the catch. Yeah, so so if, if you're following along here, if you're taking Sutton, I, I think I think taking all three again are undervalued. I think there's a ton of value in all three of them. I think Vegas is underestimating their lines this week. I would take Sutton's receptions over 3.5, and then I would take Judy over his yards at, at 50.5. For the official rager, I'm going to go with Judy. I, I think Jared is spot on. I think that that Judy is, is Teddy Bridgewater's number one target right now. I'm going to take Judy over 50.5. If you like Sutton, I, I think it's a valuable bet. Um, I, I'll be at the casino. I'll be drinking a little bit. Hell, I'll probably put something on Sutton when it's all said and done, but I, I, if I was to – if you're going to put, hold my feet to the fire, I definitely want to take Judy as my preference there. Noah Fant, man. I don't know how much money I've made on Noah Fant over these years, and I don't know how Vegas has no idea about Noah Fant still. <laughs> he is a premier borderline tight end one in this league. As soon as he makes that leap, he is going to be Travis Kelsey. Ask, mark my words right now. He is that talented. Noah Fant's at 38.5 yards. Again, I think anytime Noah Fant's in the 30s, you hammer it. No doubt. Don't even think about it. I think you're going to take Noah Fant. Here's an interesting tidbit. Noah Fant right now to score a touchdown is at plus 240. I'm just intrigued by that number that you're going to get two and a half times your money back if Noah Fant scores a touchdown. I think Noah Fant might end up when the season's all said and done with an eight or ten touchdown year. That means he's averaging one or so a game, one one every two games. I I like that a lot. But I'm going to take Noah Fant over 38.5 without a doubt. No questions. I think that that is a hammer, hammer, hammer. Um, his reception sitting at his receptions are sitting at five. So this is another area. Then this thanks, Jerry. This is a perfect a perfect case where we see something. Vegas has set the over under on fans receptions at four point five, which means that they think you know it's a pretty good chance he's going to be somewhere between the four and five reception range. But his yards are at thirty eight point five. 
So there's a little bit of a discrepancy here. So if the guy catches five balls, is he going to get over 38.5 yards? Absolutely, right? Absolutely. He's going to be averaging eight to 12 yards a catch. And so you, you've brought up a really great point, Jared. Sometimes what we're looking for in those lines, if you see that inflated reception total, and but the yards are lagging behind, oftentimes that can give us a sense of there's probably some value here. I like Fant 38.5 yards, a little bit more, again, because Fant is breakaway speed. Number one yards after the catch is a tight end in the last couple of years in the NFL. I, he can take a he can take a little fifteen yard route and turn into a thirty yard route, and next thing you know, we're, we're covered for the game. So thirty eight point five is a hammer. Last question here, Jared, and then we'll do our final predictions for the game, and we'll wrap it up here. Is what what's the narrative around Teddy Bridgewater? What's what was like what was like going into camp? What was like what were people saying about Teddy Bridgewater? I'm just curious. Teddy, check down Teddy. That's everybody wanted. Everybody thought he was check down Teddy. Okay, so let's pause for that just for one second. And the reason why this is an important note here is I found a little nugget of a line here. Melvin Gordon over 9.5 receiving yards. And so that's where Melvin Gordon's receiving total is this year. Now, again, I'm not going to touch the rushing total this week because of the 47 and not really sure about the split between Gordon and Williams. But the narrative around Teddy Bridgewater is that he's conservative, that he's not afraid to check it down. And, and, and I think when we brought Melvin Gordon in, the spirit in the Schirmer offense and some of those things was to get the running back involved in the passing game. I'm just bringing those things together. I see Gordon sitting at 9.5 receiving yards this week. I think that feels incredibly low. And that means Gordon's got to catch, what, two passes, a swing route, one check down, a screen pass. Um, and yeah. if you think about the if you think about the two-minute drill right before halftime, where who gets the most catches during a two-minute drill right before halftime? Typically the running back. So if we with the combination of all of those things, I think this is a a, a golden ticket right here this week. 9.5 receiving yards for Melvin Gordon. Let's hammer that. I think that that certainly has some value. What do you think, Jared? I mean, I think this is going to be the last time we see that under 10 yards uh, ever. I agree. <laughs> I, agree. I, I, I think that number should be more like 19 to 22, 25. That would start to give me some pause. It's at 9.5 for Melvin Gordon this week. <laughs> Hammering it. So here we go. I'm taking Broncos minus three, Rager, sign, steal, delivered. If you like Sutton, take it either way. Um, I would prefer the receptions, but I'm going to stay away from Sutton this week just because I don't know the injury situation. I'm certainly taking Jerry Judy over 50.5 receiving yards. I'm taking Fant over 38.5 receiving yards. I'm taking Gordon over 9.5. Oh, and crap, I got one more for the heck of it for everybody here. I'm going to take the Broncos to have one interception this week. So uh, Daniel Jones to throw an interception right now is at minus 130 to throw an interception. So you got to pay a little bit of juice. But I think we get after the quarterback. Daniel Jones holds the ball way too long, and I think Daniel Jones throws a pick. So we're going to go five Ragers this week into the first week of the NFL season. Jared, sign, seal, delivered. Give me your last couple predictions about the NFL or about the Broncos game this Sunday. I, I think we hit it right on the head. I, I think, you know, with, with week one, it's so hard for so many people uh, to specifically Vegas to make these lines and move these lines back and forth. But like you said, Ray, they only care about getting paid. So as people start putting money on one thing, 
they're they're gonna get their money regardless. So what we're seeing, I think, on a lot of these is that people just aren't putting their money down on it because they're not seeing it. So it's our job to see it and hammer it, right? So that's why we're gonna hammer that Melvin Gordon. I love you finding that Melvin Gordon nine point five receiving yards. I I might put down you know a couple units specifically just on that because I think that's a shoe and I don't I don't think there's any way that that loses unless Melvin Gordon goes out there and does something ridiculous and gets some sort of injury before the game, right? So. Um, I think this game is going to go very well for the Broncos and I'm really excited. Once again, I'm excited to go out there. I'm excited to have my bets and I'm excited to, to, to watch this Bronco game and, and make a little bit of money with you this season, Ray. Yeah, man. Haven't won a game in September in over two years. I'm excited. I think the Broncos come out firing. I think Teddy Bridgewater calms down all of Broncos country on a very emotional Sunday. Jared, thank you for your service. And all of the service members at Orange Weekly, we are a veteran-run, uh, um, active-duty-run organization, which is a really powerful thing on the backstops of, of 9-11 in, in the last 20 years that this country has gone through. With that said, though, I think you're right, Jared. The national narrative on the Broncos is the, the one of the worst teams in the last five years. We have that stupid carousel of quarterbacks that goes around every single football game that they show. What happens is, is Vegas sets the lines based on the betting public. The betting public is probably low on the Broncos. Thus, it is time for us to cash, and we got some bangers for you all. As always, we love you all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking in. I will be live at the Ameristar Casino in Blackhawk tomorrow catching the game. So if you want to come by and say hey and say what's up, give me some dabs for all that money we've won you guys in the last couple of years, please come by and say what's up. We'll do a little bit of a live check-in at the Ameristar Casino. Five Raiders this week. I think the Broncos pull it out. I think they win by double digits. I think we're ready to rock and roll, and I cannot wait to start this season off, Jared, man. Much love, brother. Thanks so much, and you know what it is, right? Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.